Earlier uh, in the program, we were chatting with the mayor of Peachland about the situation there and uh, seemed much more positive than it was a couple of days ago. Let's check in now with Kevin Shkrepnik, the chief fire information officer with the BC Wildfire Service. Kevin, thanks so much for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me. Good morning. Good morning. A busy, busy time for you. How many fires are currently burning in BC? Yeah, certainly. We, we, we've had a fairly uh, busy week. Uh, 110 fires burning right now uh, throughout the province. Uh, and of course, uh, the area of, of main concern right now, and, and as you had mentioned, the situation has definitely improved, but still that Okanagan corridor, particularly the southern part of the valley there, uh, where we're seeing the fires of most concern at the moment. Uh, so which fire is, is the most concerning at this point? Well, I mean, certainly we've got a cluster of fires uh, on both sides of Okanagan Lake right now um, that, uh, you know, to varying degrees over the last few days have been uh, have been threatening communities in that area. I'd say the Mount Aeneas wildfire, which is uh, about four kilometers south of Peachland, is, is probably the one of most concern. Um, it's currently estimated at a little under 1,400 hectares in size right now. Um, as you said, though, uh, you know, in your, in your chat with the mayor, uh, situation definitely uh, calmed down quite a bit this weekend. Um, the weather's been a bit more on our side. Uh, we haven't had the really aggressive gusty wind that we were seeing last week. Uh, and uh, obviously the temperatures have cooled down a bit as well. So that's all been a big help, uh, but certainly still a lot of work to do on the ground out there. Uh, so what is the plan for today when talking about that particular fire, the one near Peachland? Is it it's still uh, still an evacuation alert in place from what I understand? So what's, what will residents be seeing happening today? Well, definitely, you know, efforts are going to be ongoing. Um, things have steadily, uh, you know, stabilized over the last little while, not only on Mount Aeneas, but on a number of those interface fires in the Okanagan. You know, evacuation orders have been downgraded to alerts in many cases. Uh, alerts have been rescinded completely in others. Um, so definitely things uh, are, are, are improving, um, but there is still definitely that potential out there. And unfortunately, in terms of the weather, um, both for the Okanagan, but throughout the province, really, um, you know, we've had a few cooler days behind us, but we are seeing, uh, you know, a, a rebound right back into hot and dry conditions. Um, so that fire danger rating right now, which is already fairly high for the, you know, the far south of the province, uh, is really only going to climb from here, uh, given that weather outlook. No, no real reprieve in sight from that, uh, that perspective. All right. You mentioned the Okanagan Corridor. Are there other fires in that particular area as well that are of concern? Well, certainly we had uh, we had you know over 20 fires start in that area uh, in a single day uh, due to a lightning system that moved through uh, midway through last week, and uh, you know we've been contending with them on both sides of the lake. Uh, we've got some major fires down in the Similkameen as well, further south along the U.S. border. Um, so that is you know that kind of uh, chunk of the province is definitely still our area of main concern. Um, we did have some other fires of note, um, you know, up in the northern part of the province around Vanderhoof. Um, as well as over in the Kootenays as well. Uh, you know, uh, an evacuation uh, alert in place for some wreck sites um, southeast of uh, Golden right now as well. Not so much due to uh, a direct threat to those wreck sites, but more so there's a, a fire up in that area, uh, the uh, Hobo Creek fire, uh, posing a threat to some of the access into those, uh, in and out of those sites. Uh, so just more of a more of a cautionary alert there. But as I said, though, that's the situation as it stands right now. But uh, this weather is certainly not uh, really going to be a, a big reprieve anytime soon. 
so we, we do expect things are going to uh, start to get busy again as we, uh, as we get into next week. And, and how concerned are you? As you mentioned, a lot of these fires, the cause was that lightning system that moved through that part of the province. How concerned are you, though, with the weather now expected to heat up once again uh, with the possibility of human-caused fires? Well, certainly, uh, you know, we look like we're entering into a pretty typical summer pattern. Uh, you know, temperatures in the interior, you know, uh, over 30 most days uh, in the immediate forecast period, you know, looking at next weekend. Um, so fairly typical for this time of year. So that is uh, often when we start to, uh, you know, see uh, a risk of human-caused fires. Of course, there's more people outdoors as well. Um, we have put a campfire ban in place uh, already for the Coastal Fire Centre that uh, that went in last Wednesday. So that's almost all of Vancouver Island and, and the South Coast. Uh, that is likely going to be expanded uh, into next week for some of our southern uh, regions as well. Um, just given that that threat of human-caused fires is only going to increase, uh, and especially so when we're dealing with such a, a load from these naturally occurring, you know, lightning-caused fires. We can't really do anything to prevent those fires from starting, but we can prevent those human-caused fires. And uh, the last thing we want to be doing when things are this busy is uh, diverting resources away from, uh, you know, these fires we currently have to preventable fires due to campfires or other things like that. So uh, we have to look at it through that perspective. Obviously, cognizant of the fact, though, that a, a campfire ban is fairly disruptive to people as well. Mm. And with with staff returning uh, to BC, is that offering a bit a bit of breathing space, I suppose, as well as we are expecting things to become more active? Yeah. So we did have over over two hundred staff in in Quebec and Ontario, and they're dealing with uh, you know quite frankly a, a much worse situation than we are right now, uh, particularly in southern Ontario at the moment. Um, so it was great that we were able to help them out, but uh, unfortunately, yeah, we're certainly not going to be able to replace those crews that we already have there, given our own situation, and we are actually going to be bringing them back a few days early as well. So we expect to have all of our firefighters, uh, all of our our Type 1 firefighters uh, home from Ontario and Quebec by uh, midway through next week. And it's actually going to time out quite well. Um, They'll be given a few days of rest, and it'll be around that time that uh, a lot of our crews that are are currently fighting fires here in the province are going to need to take take a few days off so that uh, that wave coming back from uh, out east will be able to relieve the folks that we've got on the line now. Um, And then from there, certainly, uh, you know, uh, you know, typically the busiest part of the season is that uh, late July into mid-August, uh, you know, the hottest days, the, the biggest potential for, for fire weather. So uh, definitely going to have to be keeping a close eye on that weather and, uh, you know, making sure we've got resources in place uh, where we need them. And definitely. And uh, Kevin, just one more question for the people in the Peachland area who are, who are likely can still smell that smoke, maybe even see the smoke in some cases. Uh, what's going to be the, the plan of attack for today? Well, I think just continue to uh, continue to work on the ground. I mean, a lot of these fires uh, are are you know quite uh, you know particularly Mountain Anais, uh large fire, still very much out of control. So. I mean, I think folks out there are going to see a lot less activity than what they were certainly seeing midway through last week, but uh, definitely still going to be a lot of work on the ground. They may not see as many aircraft fighting the fire, uh, and that's just because at this stage it's it's more so the containment work on the ground, removing the fuels from around the fire uh, to stem its growth. But uh, given the size of that fire and given the, the challenges of a lot of the terrain in that area, um, we're going to be on the ground out there for quite some time to come uh, in terms of getting it fully contained. And sometimes I think we tend to forget about that, the challenges of the terrain. Is it, is it, is it much different when we're talking about fire that's on, on the side of mountains or mountainous terrain? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, when we're into a situation like that, 
Uh, in some cases, uh, fires might not even be accessible from the ground level. Um, and, it, and not only is it a challenge in terms of access to the fires uh, for, you know, for men and women to physically get in there and fight on the ground, uh, but it also affects the fire behavior. You know, uh, fires burning in a, in a tight valley or a, a draw, um, you can see different wind patterns in there. And, of course, fire tends to burn uphill as well. Um, so those are all considerations we have to keep in mind when we're fighting fire in a place like the Okanagan where it's not only fire prone, but the, tr- the train itself uh, also poses its own unique challenges too. All right, uh, Kevin, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much. Again, I know it's a busy time for you. Thanks for joining us and bringing us up to date this morning. No worries. My pleasure.